0: Hey there, welcome back to this week's show Be on the Front Page with the East Aurora Advertiser. I'm Shelley. I'm Adam. I'm Chris. Thanks for plugging in this week. You've been calling it a weekly show and it actually has been released on a weekly basis. Hopefully we will continue to do that. So thank you for listening. We are currently on iTunes so you can download us there and we will be working to get out on the other podcast platforms soon. You can also come to our website to find us there.
1: At some point, we'll go find Rick in the community and talk to him about his upcoming bus tour through Wyoming County and how he can be involved.
0: Uh, Rob Goller, town and village historian, he'll be returning. We're going to talk about how the village has dealt with parking complaints and issues, basically since cars have been invented.
2: I will be discussing the county executive's proposal to consolidate school districts. And I
1: just purchased my first ever fishing license. It is the good time of year to go fishing. I cannot wait. I'm so excited.
2: What are you talking about this week, Adam?
1: Um, well,
0: I really just want to talk about the new Avengers movie.
2: No. Sorry. No, come on. No. Maybe during lunch.
0: No, like, this is, I know this is a fun podcast, we're trying to be serious, we're having some news topics. It was a cool movie, and I just saw it last week. I got to go see it with my wife, we got a couple hours out. It was great.
2: Now's the time.
1: Have
0: either of you been following the movies? Nope. No. Not at all?
2: No. No
1: but it's so good. Come on.
0: <laughs> come on. Nothing? Maybe later. But can I just like there's this one scene that was really sweet. All
1: right, we're good. We're good.
0: Nothing? I just
1: You spent 20 minutes outside my door the other day talking about this movie. It was so
0: it was good. Like not not best movie ever, but it was really good. Yeah. I'm getting total silence <laughs> here. Neither of these two are going to pick up on the Avengers topic. That's what I planned for this week, and we're not going to talk about it. Well, I guess
1: we'll go to Shelly's topic then, won't we? (laughs) That's so
0: boring. Fine. We will talk about serious news. The Avengers movie was great. I won't spoil it. If you've seen it, send me an email and we'll talk. Anyway, on to the real topic, school consolidation.
2: Mm -hmm. So Shelly's
0: got an article (laughs) in this week's paper. It's about the Erie County Executive's plan suggesting that schools should consider consolidations. So we talked to some of the local schools, we have East Aurora and Holland in there. Let's get something out of the way right now.
2: It's not about East Aurora and Holland merging, although it's not out of the realm of possibility. Right now, what the county executive is actually touring the county talking about is other school districts consolidating. He would like to see North Collins consolidate with Eden, which he was just in North Collins Monday night talking about it. Next week, he will be in Akron talking about Akron and the Alden Central School District possibly consolidating and he would also at this time like to see all five school districts in Chectawaga consolidate. With that said, there was a list of 12 or 14, I believe it was 14 school districts which could consolidate, and Eastor and Holland were both on that list.
0: So we'll just make it very clear because we know sometimes people see something they hear consolidation no consolidation is taking effect right now. No consolidation. Correct.
2: Right, but it's an interesting topic to discuss. It's an interesting proposition to look at. It's not an easy process, though, and which the report does note. The report is about 15 pages long.
0: What's his main focus and reason for wanting to get schools to consolidate? So
2: a lot of this all started with the property tax cap, which was enacted in 2011. That's a way for county and state taxes to be reduced. In 2015, the state started a move to get municipalities and towns to share services. Since that has happened, though, there has not been a push at all for municipalities or villages to consolidate but he would like to see school districts consolidate. So I guess right away the first thing that jumped out at me after reading the report was he didn't discuss at all the services that school districts already do share and what savings that they are saving from that. For instance, East Roar and Holland are sharing six boarding teams. They are sharing a community education program, which they just started to share this year. They are sharing Oh, there was um they want to start sharing something with the lunch. That's actually with Springville and and Holland. So Holland recently reached out to Springville, and they're going to be uh, sharing a food service director, Mm -hmm. which is part of administration.
1: He says there seems to be, how many, they said 877
2: students in Holland, I think it was.
1: Is there a number where they start considering consolidation?
2: So he would like to see all school districts with a population of under 2,000 students Mm -hmm. consider consolidating. And East Aurora has... Easter Roy, for the data that was used mm-hmm. in the year 2016-17, to 17, they had 1777.
0: So they're right in that area where yes. he's looking at. Did he say where the big push came from? Did no, you
2: know? unfortunately, and I did reach out to his office to ask him that question in particular, as well as a few other questions, but I didn't receive a response before the article was out. In the Cheektowaga district, there's five schools? Five school districts, which was pretty unbelievable. And he compared that to Williamsville, which has three high schools, you know, six elementary schools and I think six middle schools, and they operate as one. Williamsville would actually have more students than Cheektowaga would have if the five school districts in Cheektowaga consolidated. So you think of that, and if they did all consolidate and then they were running with one superintendent, they were running with one curriculum coordinator, and all the other administrative levels, it would save the taxpayers some money. But would class
1: sizes then get even
2: bigger? No, class sizes wouldn't necessarily have to change at all. And in fact, under a proposal like Cheektawaga, you could technically keep all the school buildings open. It would just be one school district instead of five. Oh,
0: So you're dropping it down, maybe having one school board, one superintendent. Yes.
1: It kind of makes sense when you say it that way because you're not leaving your school.
2: You wouldn't necessarily have to. Now, if two school districts like East Aurora and Holland were to merge or consolidate, that might be something that is looked at in the future. Yeah. So another topic that Superintendent Brian Russ and I discussed was the possibility of someday just merging high schools with East Aurora and Holland. And that would be called a regional high school. While the districts would operate separately, they could continue as one high school. Because what's interesting to know, in all of the different articles that cars referenced when compiling this report, Holland's population has actually dropped in the last 10 years by about 300 students. However, what complicates the measure is when the unions step in because say you take all five of those school districts and you are going to consolidate them, you have to lay out all of your staff and realign everybody. So everybody's seniority is gonna be falling in a different place. So teachers who maybe had seniority in Maryvale might not have that same seniority in Cleve Hill. So you lay them all out, you realign everybody's seniority list, which might mean that some teachers have to get let go. And then you would have to look at all five teacher contracts and the unions would sit down and take the best perks out of each one of those contracts to consolidate to make one new contract under the new school district. So those are things that make consolidating very complicated, and those are some of the reasons why it has been failing in New York State.
1: So what is involved in consolidation? I mean, who's interested in it that you've talked to?
2: Well, the first process is the board, the school board, would have to decide that they are interested in pursuing consolidation. A feasibility study would have to take place, between the two stu- school districts that are interested in consolidating. Then the board would have to go out and get signatures within the community. The minimum would be 100 signatures and they would have to bring that then forward to the public and that would go on to the commissioner of education in New York State. The commissioner would have to approve it, send it back to the two districts and then it would be up for a vote. And the vote would be happening in each of the districts independently. That's one of the things that gets complicated. So Kathy Fabiatos was saying, that she has been privy to what's been going on in Westfield and Brockton for the last 20 years or so, because they've been trying to merge. And each time it happens, one district or the other seems to turn it down. And in the report, Poll Cars is actually suggesting that the state rewrite these laws that would make the two districts vote as one. So then it would just be majority rules. You noted
0: uh, something from school, East Aurora School Board Member Daniel Brunson about uh, another thing to consider with a merger is taxes. I mean, that's yes. that's the big portion. While you might save costs in administration, he he said there's the potential idea if Holland comes to East Aurora, maybe those taxes increase, or if if any school goes anywhere. Again, Holland and East Roar are not merging. They are not merging. <laughs>
2: but that was a good point because if East Roar and Holland were to become one district, the taxes might have to equalize a little bit, and which would mean, generally speaking, because East Roar's school taxes are higher than Holland's, mm-hmm. East Roar's might go down a little bit but hollands would increase
0: it's an interesting proposal i I encourage everyone to read shelley's article this week you know you get some more details and we will have we'll have it online at our website and we will have the county executive's report that he's released alongside that article too for people to read anything else no i think that's it chris you're going to be fishing soon
1: i am i'm so excited i'm going to take the boys i went and got
2: my first fishing license last week What is the process to get a fishing license? Because I have not gotten one.
1: I had gone into the town hall to get my dog license renewed. And I saw all the fishing stuff, and I thought, you know, the boys have been wanting to go fishing for so long, but they don't have a license, so they need someone. Do they have to fish with
2: an adult with
3: a license? They do,
1: until they're 16. When you're 16, you need your own fishing license. But before that, you need to fish with an adult that has a license.
2: So do they currently have a license? No. Okay. They do not.
1: They can fish with me. They can fish under your license. Yes. How much was your license? $25. Think of how much fun you can have.
0: Do you know when you speak of fun, though? And I enjoy it.
1: If you bring up The Avengers again.
0: The Avengers was a good movie, and there's this one (laughs) scene. No, no, I won't, I won't. It was a really cool scene with Spider-Man, but I'll leave it at that.
1: The fishing scene? (laughs) um,
0: It's funny you say fun, because I always think, I have recently got back into fishing myself, but years ago, my father took us, he took my sister and I, and we went to this little creek, And we're throwing the line, it's getting caught in the trees and everything. And he's like had to keep going over and he's cursing. (laughs) And I remember not long after that, we also had like a kite competition somewhere. You're flying kites in the air and they're getting tangled and everything. And he's cursing again because he's got to do this. And he said, he told me, and I always remember this, never do anything with your kids that involves string. It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) But I am thinking like, I would love to take my daughter fishing at some point. And what got you interested in then saying? You said that just the boys were interested, or have you been interested in fishing?
1: I just want to be outside. I'm tired of being inside. You've got the Xbox. They've got their phones. I want to be outside. And they like fishing. They've done it before. And this way, we can do something together.
2: Where do you think you're going to take them fishing?
1: I don't know yet. I was thinking of going near Majors Park, uh, Casnovia Creek.
0: That's a good spot. You can easily walk in there. Do you have equipment? Do you have, like, the fishing do. Yep.
1: And, uh, oh, by the Legion, you can fish down there, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, they're very nice. You can kind of park, you know, in their parking lot and
1: just no. go fish. No, I just have to dig up some worms.
0: Do you know what you're fishing for? Fish. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. I guess that was a stupid question on my part. You know, when they say there's no such thing, there are stupid <laughs> questions. Uh, what type of fish? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't
2: know what types of fish are in Cass Creek.
1: And I'm going to throw them back. We're not. You're not going to take them home and clean them. Well, if I get like a big fish, I can make for dinner. I might.
0: That's a whole process cleaning.
2: That'll be a future podcast.
1: Yes,
0: I think that'd be a great topic.
1: So yeah, I'm going to be worm digging for worms probably.
0: Are the boys pretty excited? Yeah. Have you gone yet?
1: Not this year. Not since I've gotten the license.
0: Yeah, you just got it in the last couple weeks. Yeah,
1: last weekend. Okay. How long is a fishing license good for? One year.
0: Uh, You should reach out to our columnist, Forrest Fisher. He's I
1: read his articles every week.
0: He's got a lot of the tips, and he loves that. We need to. Maybe get him in here to give us some advice about where to go.
1: Maybe maybe catch some, uh, what's it, crappie? <laughs> I don't know. What... Oh,
0: yes, crappie. Uh, <laughs> Smallmouth bass. Mm-hmm. fish? Other... Yes, what other fish names can <laughs> we come up with? <laughs> Walleye? Oh, yeah. You'll have to go to Lake Erie, I believe.
1: I'll go wherever. I don't care. I'm just looking to get outside and have some fun. Would you consider ice fishing? Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely.
2: I know a few people who love ice fishing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you fish, though? No. At all? No. Have you ever? No. Will you? No, I have.
2: I oh. have. Not since I was much younger. You know, in my 4-H years, I would fish.
0: Let's no make it family. a
2: competition. That makes it even better.
0: An advertiser fishing competition. Oh, yes. I think we just came up with a new idea. We may be bringing that to you all soon. <laughs> we need Forrest Fisher, though. He needs to help. He'll up. beat us. We need him to organize this. We don't okay. know what we're talking about. They we're sitting here like,
1: crappy fish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then get your license.
0: Who's most interested, AJ or Michael? me <laughs> oh, that sounds fun would you get a fishing license
2: I suppose so yeah. I mean we years ago we had a pond on the property and we would fish in that pond with the boys when they were toddler age but we haven't been fishing since
1: I remember was it last year when I saved you from the snake at your house
2: oh that's right yeah so I think the pool maybe... is a little bit more in my body of water <laughs> should we recount the snake
0: story or should we save that
2: well, we save can save it. Oh, do oh, you want to talk about it? Now? We could talk about it if you want. It all was right. the first day of school.
0: So this was Chris's first fishing expedition. <laughs> um, for anyone that doesn't it started like, started it at all. If someone doesn't like snakes, um, fast forward for like five minutes. No, I Judy.
1: hate snakes. I'm scared to death. Which of them. was amazing that you did what you did. Yeah, I was going to help a friend. So it we, did. Um,
0: we'll set the <laughs> scene. It was summer was open it was the first day of school and we got a text from shelly i don't exactly remember what it said but it was like
2: there's a snake in my pool
1: <laughs> i guess it's simple Oh, like that. there's
2: a snake in my pool <laughs> and i felt bad for the snake because the snake was struggling the snake clearly wanted to get out the snake sometimes would sink four mm. or five feet and i could see it and i would kind of be rooting it on to make it back <laughs> up and get to air because i didn't want to see it die but i also didn't necessarily want to help it but I try <laughs> so I tried a few time. times with the skimmer but as soon as I would scoop it up with the skimmer it would just slither right off
0: so I remember Chris and I both showed up we got the text we we left work for a moment mm-hmm. I think it was lunchtime it's okay it was
2: around lunchtime
0: and we get over there I think I went to the skimmer and then all of a sudden Chris you just picked up like a stick
2: or I something I got a stick I went over and I and that was that yeah the snake coiled itself around the stick and you tossed it aside and he went slithering away. Yeah, it was Good really times. quick. So that was the snake <laughs> in the pool story
0: for everyone. I think we're gonna keep this in. We're not editing that out.
1: That was it fun. was amazing. So if you need I was... help again this year, thank you. I appreciate that because we do have some
0: large snakes living around mm. the pool. So fishing. Fishing's gonna be fun. Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, Adam is off to visit Rick Oler at Taste to talk about Rick's upcoming bus tour through Wyoming County.
0: I'll be right back with that.
2: Stay with us
4: back
0: Welcome back to Beyond the Front Page with the East Shore Advertiser. I'm Adam. I'm Rick. Today we're at Taste. We're talking to Rick. He's got an upcoming bus tour for everyone interested, and uh, he wants to fill us in what's going to happen. So,
3: what you got coming up, Rick? Well, it's actually the 11th. Um, travel writing and photography bus trip to Wyoming County. We've done this for 11 years. I think 2007, we think, was the first one. We're having a hard time remembering, but uh, I think it's the 11th. And what we do is we get a big yellow school bus. We rent from uh, Becker Bus Company, the guy who does the bus transportation for the Attica School District, and uh, he's been living out there his whole life. We pile up a bunch of people on there, and we travel the absolute back roads of Wyoming County just to see the scenery stop and visit with people and it's all in the idea that um, that that there's good things to write about and take pictures of right here in that backyard so travel writing doesn't have to be going far away to some exotic locale we can just head out 20A and in a few minutes, we're in Wyoming County, and it's gorgeous out there, so that's May 19th. So you're, you're, you're from East Aurora, everyone knows, a
0: uh, big influence here. What made you pick Wyoming County?
3: Well, I picked Wyoming County, I think, one, because I know Brian Becker, the bus guy, and I knew he's up for that kind of thing. He rents his bus out for things like bachelor parties, and uh, I've been taking a group of people to baseball games in Batavia for a number of years, so I knew that we'd have the bus available. And also, Wyoming County is just far enough away from East Aurora, to be completely different. There, they, two places couldn't be any more different really than a place like East Aurora and out in Java, out in Perry. They're completely different places, different landscape, different uh, different job, different, you know, it's a lot of farming, it's a lot of agricultural out there. And there's a lot of people who absolutely love where they live, which is of course similar to East Aurora, but these people have been there for generations. Farmers came over here in the 1840s, 1850s and settled Wyoming County and today it's one of the biggest agricultural counties in New York State with 107, I believe, 7,000 cows and 42,000 people. It's one of the biggest dairy producers I think. I state. think it is. I, I forget the actual statistic but it's certainly one of the biggest in New York State. Also believe it or not one of the biggest producers of potatoes in New York State and maple syrup. there's a lot of agriculture out there a lot of big huge potato farms actually there's a a lays potato chip factory out there in gainesville the uh, new york state uh, potato chips are made there in wyoming county they're uh, on these on the flat plains down by gainesville just south of warsaw pretty pretty cool county
0: i was fortunate enough to go on one of your bus tours a couple years ago it was uh, real enjoyable we got to check out some of the windmills Um, there was a waterfall uh, some of the restaurants and the different locations I've never been to. Do you have highlights from, for you personally, places you've been to or you like to go, or do you always like to try and find something new?
3: What we do is is we have sort of a route planned. I have an idea of a, of a big circle. We start in Strikersville at the flip side, which is a restaurant bowling alley in, in Strikersville. While Wayne Abbott lets us park there. and we So we start there, and, and we're going to head in a circle this year. We're going to go... Kind of south and east, and we're going to visit with uh, Tom and Christine Daly. Thomas Aquinas Daly, you may know, is probably one of the top 20 25 watercolorists in America, and he lives right in Wyoming County, uh, not too far from Arcade. We've also had some great moments where we, we ended up being part of a wedding one time at, at the uh, Silver Lake uh, Country Club. We stopped for lunch and there was a wedding going on and next thing you know we're throwing rice at the bride and groom. Um, we, we happened to catch uh, the, the county supervisor, Doug Berwanger. Uh, he was just finishing his milking one day when we happened by and he was happy enough to, to bring us into his farm. He showed us his big draft horses that still pull his manure wagons. We got to see the cows, we got to take a, take a nice hike around his farm. And that was all serendipity. It's great stuff happens. We just wander around and, and hope for the best.
0: Lunch breaks, you, you normally try to find some interesting places. People may not have been. Are you, do you want to say where you're going now, or is it going to be a bit of a surprise?
3: Well, I, I guess I can tell you. Um, I, think, I think we have not repeated a restaurant since we have started this trip. And, oh, i got to tell you one, one cool highlight. The first year we went, we ended up going to Smitty's Amber Lounge in, in Warsaw, New York well and we we stopped the bus we didn't tell them we were coming i think we had 15 people stopped the bus i got out and i said hey we got 15 people for lunch is that cool with you and the barmaid said yeah yeah bring them in well we came in and it turned out she didn't have anybody to cook and she said well i can cook and so i said actually kateri said i'll run the bar while you go and cook and, and she said, okay, that'll work. You can have anything you want as long as it's a cheeseburger. <laughs> so she made up a pile of cheeseburgers. And we ran the bar. For uh, for our gang and for uh, other people that came in and, uh, and everything seemed to work out great. I think they they were happy. Did you make any tips? <laughs> I didn't get a single thing. <laughs> and we gave them to her. She was very accommodating. <laughs> That's nice great. nice nice barmaid. And then uh, another year we were having a hard time finding a place in Perry. It just didn't quite fit the bill. And we saw the Perry Sportsmen's Club, private club. They were having a chicken barbecue, members only, to eat in. And I said, well, we've got 20 people here, and they all want to eat and maybe have a drink. And they said, okay, you guys can be temporary one-hour members of the Perry Sportsman Club from about 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock. So we came in, they were having a chicken barbecue, we got a half a chicken, everybody had a, had a drink, whatever they wanted, and we were on our way. So that was, pre- that was pretty neat and very accommodating of So this year, we are going to a place that if you drove by it, looked at it on the outside say I'm not going in there but you go inside it looks like a dump from the outside but on the inside it's very nice very nice it's called the grateful grill on route 19 south of Warsaw is that in Rockland it's in Rockland it's right in downtown Rockland which it's is a uh, metropolis Rockland uh, Yeah, sort of a little hamlet that uh, time forgot uh, I think I know that at one time there were some stores there sort of like so many of those little towns in uh, in Wyoming County and Erie County and of course all across the state. There are these towns that were once little thriving communities, agriculturally based communities and now are really, there's not much going on there. But we uh, we, we, we will pass through Rockland, we got a couple other stops. I, I won't tell everybody what we're what, what we got planned, but I think we've got a good day's worth of plans, but the idea is that if we see something along the way that we want to stop, we just pull the bus over, everybody gets out, and take pictures, you see somebody you want to talk to, say hello, go for it. That's,
0: that's the idea. Yeah. When I got to go, I remember we uh, pulled up to one of the, the windmills, Brian Becker, the bus driver, he, he knew the farmer so he, we were able to get on the land and it was yeah. the first time I was able to experience going right up and we were all like kind of laying on the ground looking up and it was just really neat to be in that situation. And also, this trip, as you noted, it's, for, it's kind of a creative trip. You know, not right. just to tour Wyoming County, but to get right. writers and photographers get inspiration. And I'm curious, um, have you had much inspiration on that? Or also, to give you a double question, what do you, what do you like to see when, with people on these trips when they're looking to come and visit? The
3: thing I love most is that if we have 15 people, and they, we drive around and, and 15 people look at the same thing, we get fifteen different responses to what they saw because things strike people differently and i think that's the beauty of it some people are are just enthralled with the with the hugeness of the landscape some people might focus on one thing some people might focus on one person we met other people will focus on the whole notion of what what a, a town is what agriculture is so i really i really like that and of course two weeks after the trip we get together we have a a gathering a little party and we uh, ask people to bring uh, whatever they've written, or to show, a, maybe make a slideshow of the photos that they took. Uh, bring souvenirs. If you wrote a song, you can play a song. Um, it, it's just a good, good time to to understand what jogs you when you want to be a writer or a photographer. Uh, obviously, sometimes people will come and they don't write anything, or don't don't write a song, or they don't take pictures, and that's okay. I mean, it's it's a good time. It's not a graduate level course in, uh, in, in creative writing, it's a, it's a good time, and I, 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 I love it. I, I stole the idea from my brother, he did that with his community college kids in, uh, in Vermont, and they seemed to, to like it, so I said, hey, let's, let's do it here, and he's actually come with us a couple times, but it's a, it's a big county, and the funny thing is, I think 11 years, I don't think, we've repeated some stops, but mostly, we found something new to do every year. So if you come two years in a row, you're not going to, it's not the same old, same old. Pretty, pretty neat idea. You've explored Wyoming County a lot. Oh, yes, I have. Kateri and I have, have explored Wyoming County extensively. But we still, <clears throat> the other Sunday, we, we went out on a scouting mission. And our mantra is, I wonder where that road goes. And we turned down this road. It, was a, it wasn't really a dirt road, but it wasn't really a paved road either. It was sort of a, I think on the map they call them unimproved. Uh, and uh, so, gosh, we found this gorgeous place. Uh, a little swampy area, kind of like a wildlife sanctuary, but not really marked. So I, I think that'll be one of our stops this year. Beautiful, we saw beavers and all kinds of wildlife and birds, and, and uh, theres I, I understand from one of the locals that it's a nesting ground for turtles. So we'll, we'll stop there, and, and some people will be moved to sketch or take photos, uh, some people will Sit in the bus because they don't want to do it. Who knows? You know, it's, uh, we've been to breweries. We've been to we've been to art shops. We've been to farms. We've been to big farms. We've been to little farms. We've been to organic farms. So we've seen it, seen it all. We've been to maple syrup operations. Uh, we may do that. You, you, you never know. So it's it's a good time, and uh, I welcome people. As, you know, I've had little kids on this trip. I've had friends of mine that are 80. Come on it as well. So, good, very good, very good time, and uh, we we hope to keep on doing it forever. As long as Wyoming County sticks around, we'll 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 keep on doing it. As long as they keep letting you in, that's correct. As yeah, <laughs> long as they keep letting us in, yeah. Well, uh, you know, Becker Becker kind of smooths things out. You sure. know, he, he's the uh, the bus driver is also the supervisor of the town of sheldon and uh uh, i don't know if he's self-proclaimed but he doesn't deny that he's the smartest man in wyoming county (laughs) i'm not sure what that means or how what the metrics are there but (laughs) but he's 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 quite a quite a character is there still room on the bus absolutely sure what day is it again in time Uh, may 19th um, we leave from the flip side in strikersville about 10 (laughs) o'clock it's 50 bucks gets you your bus ride and, and uh, a good long day. And uh, we'll stop for lunch and that's whatever you, that's wh- whatever you spend on lunch is, is on you. But it's a pretty pretty good deal. And then uh, that includes a party two weeks later. We'll, we'll, we'll find a time that works for most of the people. We'll get together at one of the homes of one of my, uh, well, one of the peoples come often. And she likes to have the party at her house. She'll make a bunch of pies and we'll have dessert and we'll sit around and shoot the breeze. And uh, swap stories. It's, it's really a fun time. Swap photos, swap stories, and maybe hear a song or two, and a uh, good time. Where can people contact you to get a ticket or to reserve a spot? You can contact me on Facebook, Brick or Facebook. You can contact me um, through the advertiser if you want. You can contact me uh, on, uh, at uh, brightfieldwritingworks at gmail.com is my email. You can find me around, or you can go down to the satellite office down to the southeast corner of Oakwood and Elm. Usually, after work, I usually stop in for uh, something to slake my thirst. and. Um you can find me there, just ask, everybody knows who I am. Great. Well, thank you for sharing. Anything else about the trip? I, I think that'll do it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We always love to have new people on the trip. I love having repeat customers, but I love having new people. It adds a new dynamic and uh, and a new perspective. Everyone has a unique perspective of what they see, and I'm, I'm happy to, to hear about that. Well, thank you, Rick. appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to do it. We'll, we'll have Rick back on the show again soon. Thanks for listening.
1: Okay, we'll be right back to talk with Rob Galler about Main Street Parking and its evolution.
0: Welcome back. I'm happy, as always, to bring back town and village historian Robert Galler. Hey, Rob. Hello. How you been? Excellent. So, Rob, I've been thinking about it, parking. People have an issue with parking in the village. I walk in bicycle and I take my skateboard a lot of places, but I get where people have maybe a concern with parking, and I came up with an idea. Okay. Tell me what you think. All right. You know, you know a lot about the history and everything maybe you can tell me if it's a good main street what if you had cars going up and down main street and they parked diagonally to it like right now they're parallel but instead they could go diagonal i think you could fit a lot more i think it's a perfect idea that is a
4: fantastic idea thank you it's so fantastic that it's been done before many times oh okay
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. <laughs> so somebody thought of
4: this, this is yeah. one of those history
0: repeating itself. This is actually a wonderful column you had not too long ago about parking on
4: Main Street and parking in general. At one point, Main Street had diagonal parking. It did. Um, and actually we have the Easter Ruff Police Department to thank for that. What happened is, and, and throughout the years, we have various postcards and pictures of Main Street. And every time, depending on what year the picture was taken, you see either Cars parked parallel, cars on one side parked um, diagonal parked cars parked on the other side or both sides, and so I was like, well, when did all this parallel parking happen and all this so I wanted to get to the bottom of it, and yes, today we have a parking problem, and we have a problem with um, an influx of cars. We have a lot of people wanting to we visit have, the area yeah, absolutely, and they want to visit the area and one of the other issues is you know back even twenty, thirty years ago. Each household had how many cars? Probably one. Spouses would share the car, and they would work out their schedule. Well, today our, our lifestyles are different, and we each household has at least two, maybe three—one for the you know driving child. Uh, so we have more cars. You know, we and, tr- and driving is a much more popular way to get around. Um, so that's one of the challenges. However, the parking problem and the traffic problem in our community in East Aurora is not new actually in fact 1910s and 1920s people were buying cars it was this new phenomenon the problem was is our streets and our communities didn't know how to handle all these cars you know yes they were great to get from one place to another but you needed to park them somewhere and it was a very unique challenge because for a while our horses and buggies and carriages were mixing with automobiles and pedestrians were mixing with automobiles And actually, when the automobile came around, you know, used to, if you lived in the village, you wouldn't get the horse out and hook up the (laughs) carriage. You would just walk. You would walk to where you were going. Walkable community. Walkable community. If you were traveling a distance, you know, you would have your horse out. But when the car came along, it was much easier if you were living on, you know, Linden Avenue, for instance, to drive uptown. It was just much easier. So what ended up happening is as the car became more popular we had actually a thriving main street at that point in the late te- 10s and, and 20s there was actually the millard fillmore theater the precursor to the aurora theater and on a saturday evening there were restaurants the you know the globe hotel there were lots of things happening and actually on uh, we tracked it down saturday may 8th of 1920 there were so many cars on main street and mind you, there weren't no lines drawn. You just parked wherever. So people showed up, and they were just parking. Just and like any haphazard any way? Any haphazard way. Most of the time, they would park parallel mm-hmm. you know, along, but you would just find a parking spot. And so there was no designated parking spaces. You just parked. On May 8th of 1920, it, it had gotten so bad that the police department made an executive decision. There was no law on the book, but they had said, we we're going to fix this just for tonight. We have all these cars coming in on this Saturday night to go to the theater, to go to dinner, that we're going to to, to fix this. So they lined the car, as the cars were coming in, driving into that upper end of Main Street near the theater and Viddler's, of course Viddler's wasn't there at the time, they started parallel parking them. And it was sort of like if you go to a fireman's carnival and you have them directing the traffic into the into the parking lot, that's what was happening. Packed so the in police as as possible. Packed them in as tightly as possible and they made them diagonal so they could fit more cars in. So that's what started the whole thing. So it was um, a great idea. It was a great idea and it worked so well that the village board followed up by putting it into the legislation to create diagonal parking on Main Street. Now they had both sides of Main Street. Was it diagonal parking? As far as I know, yes. They did that um, from Olean to the railroad tracks. So from Olean Street to the railroad tracks, that's that's how they manage the problem. <laughs> From your column, you you state, though,
0: it was both sides of the street, north and south, but that at some point, because the street was not wide
4: enough the south side where you'd find Tony Rome's the Meat Movie Theater correct went to parallel parking so what they did is actually it only took a couple of months actually by august uh, they decided there was just no no room to get two two lanes of traffic plus the park it was too the, great of yeah, an idea it was too great of an idea so then they decided in that august to do it on diagonal on the north side and then parallel on the south side and they actually striped it then though we went back to diagonal on both sides
0: It went back in 1934. Why did that happen? So
4: what they did is they the state came through and they reconstructed, essentially, reconstructed Main Street. So they they narrowed the sidewalks. The sidewalks of Main Street used to be much wider than they are today, believe it or not. I mean, they seem wide now. But what they ended up doing is they widened the road. And so then that allowed them to go back to double-sided diagonal parking in uh, 1934.
0: So we've got a great idea back. We can go and park diagonally both sides, and then suddenly we went from 1934
4: to 1946. New York State says... Says no. Uh, what ended up happening, actually, is is such a great idea that villages across New York State were doing it. But what ended up happening is it actually was a problem. As cars became faster and, uh, and more people had cars, you had larger traffic volumes. So traffic was going... Up and down uh, Main Street of East Aurora and people were backing out into the traffic and it was causing some safety issues according to the New-, to New York State so New York State heavily encouraged I don't know if they actually forced the idea but they heavily encouraged getting rid of the diagonal parking and it, it took a little bit I think it started in this in 1946 and then uh, by 1948 is when they started um, really pushing the. You know they had suggested it to begin with, and then the state really came down and said, "No, you really cannot have." It, it got to be too much of incorrect. a problem. Yeah. And not just for East Aurora, um, other villages. Slowly, Williamsville. There was an article in the adver- you know advertiser referring to. Well, Williamsville fell. So now we're gonna we're gonna be next. So they were. It expecting was just kind of yeah. We it was not a surprise. What was the re- uh, people? We always want to focus on people mm-hmm. and discuss history. What what was some of the reactions to it? <laughs> well, one of the funny things. Well, first of all, without. They lost quite a few parking spaces as a result from, going, from diagonal. going diagonal to parallel. So one of the first things was is petitioning the village for extra parking uh, lots. Sounds familiar, right? So um, improvement of the parking lot behind Aurora Theater—that's a village parking lot off of Miller Fillmore Place—that was one of the first things that villagers asked for: more parking behind viddlers, today's Vidlers. Just a lot of things, you know. Th- more parking lots was the biggest, uh, biggest thing. One of the most interesting people thing was though, is they had to decide every time we did these changes, they had to do a a community education effort because people were so, you know, it's hard to change habits. So they literally changed at you know midnight on a Sunday to a Monday, changed how we park. So people got confused for a while and they were were putting signs up and changing the stripes, but people were still parking the old way (laughs) for a little bit. And so the advertiser talks about, you know, in some of the contemporary articles of the time about how, yeah, oh, it took us, some people were still, the police were out there trying to make sure people were parking the correct way, or the stripes didn't get out there fast enough. So they put signs up, but people weren't looking at the signs. And so it just caused a little problem for a while. And it's sort of like when you hear those stories of countries in Europe that change from left-sided driving to right-sided driving, and you have to decide at a very particular time when to switch over, and it causes chaos. That kind of what happened for a while in the Uptown District. Wait, so East Aurora got rid of diagonal parking, but can't you park diagonally in Geneseo in the village? You can, and the issue is, I, from my understanding, is that, that that's not a state highway. Oh. So their Route 28 goes through Geneseo, but Route 39, I think, is treated a little different, which is their main street. So you actually turn off of 20A to go down... Yes. So when I went to college in Geneseo, I looked and I was like, wow. Same thing with pedestrian crosswalks in Geneseo. You put your foot in the crosswalk in Geneseo and people stop. <laughs> and we here in East Aurora, it took a long time. It's still taking it's still some time, taking time to, to educate time. people. And a lot of it's culture. You know, I think the culture of a college town is there's a lot more pedestrian um, activity. And I think that's something that yes they could change how we park here in East Aurora from perhaps diagonal to parallel but the culture was so ingrained that it took you know what you can put anything on the books you want but you need to go out there and change the culture so that's I think some of the things that we struggled with in these various dates when they changed the parking back and forth. So it might still be a great idea but is it any chance East Aurora could ever go back to diagonal parking? Well, we actually they had talked about it um, ten years ago when we had the reconstruction of Main Street. Um, the state did its latest uh, reconstruction. I sat through some of the meetings as the editor of the Easter Advertiser um, leading up to that reconstruction and a lot of a lo- some local folks had suggested that let 's do uh, parallel parking. Um, the state frowned upon that for the exact same reason that they did back in you know the '40s when they got rid of it was the safety issue. And another thing they talked about is backwards parallel parking, where you would back into the or backwards diagonal parking, where you would back into the space. I don't know if I could. I, I'm a good driver, but I don't know. If
0: I <laughs> Have do you that. seen that anywhere?
4: Backwards no. diagonal? I can't even imagine no. that. So and I don't see. Besides Geneseo, I don't know of a, of a place that. Um, But again, I think it's the safety issue of it and designing. And it does take up a lot of uh, more space for the road. And a thing we have today that we did not have back then was a center turning lane. The protected turn at the lights and a center turning lane. They didn't have that back in the early days. You just had a... (laughs) <laughs> you can go left or, right, or sh- right, but yeah. Um, so I think that's changed quite a bit too. Is we need to add that space for that center lane. So I, th- I still think it's a great idea. I think you should call the new mayor and ask him if he'd be up for oh, it. We'll chat about that.
0: But again, I don't drive too much around here, and I do encourage everyone to bicycle and walk whenever you can.
4: It's an excellent way to get around our village and it free up every time you walk or bike, you free up a parking spot. You're doing something good. <laughs> You're helping your community.
0: <laughs> I like that. Well, thanks again, Rob. You know, Absolutely. it's been a pleasure. If, uh, by the way, if anyone out there has a great idea, you would like Rob to maybe investigate or us to investigate, we can look into it and maybe feature on, on an upcoming show. Um, we will have him on again next week and we'll talk to you then. Have a good day, Rob. Thank you. Okay, we're getting ready to close out this week's show. Just want to let everyone know the East Aurora Farmer's Market is back open. Woohoo! It's It opened last Saturday. It is open every Wednesday and Saturday, I believe, from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. It will continue every Wednesday and Saturday until... Thanksgiving. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving.
2: Mm-hmm. Either of you go to the Farmer's Market much? I don't go as much as I'd like to, but I do though. Yeah, I love the farmer's market, I'm so excited it's back open.
0: So keep an eye out for that. Also, uh, while well, we have our podcast here beyond on the front page, we'll be helping promote some other podcasts in the near future. One of them is going to be called EA Talks. This is going to be hosted by Joe Cassidy. He's a village resident. He's done a lot with Aurora Players. He's got children in the Aurora School District. His goal is to have officials come together and talk about current events events, yes. I believe the first show is going to involve East Aurora Superintendent Brian Russ with Village Mayor Peter Mercurio, and it's going to be about the East Aurora school budget. That is going to be out there. It'll be on our website, and I know they'll be working to get it out where podcasts can be found and downloaded, so keep an eye out for that. It sounds like a very promising show. Um, Yeah, what else is happening this weekend? Is anything important? Anything... Anything I should remember that is happening There's this week?
1: something you better remember. What is
0: going on this weekend? Is there another Avengers movie coming out? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm getting a lot of glares. And I do want to say Shelly reminded me at the start of this. It's going to be Mother's Day. So Yay. happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day, Mom.
2: Happy Mother's Day, Chris. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day, Sharon.
0: Happy Mother's Day, Sharon. Yes. Your wife? <laughs> She's not my mother. You, know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's...
2: you made her a mother. <laughs> <laughs> that was a partnership. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, yes, happy Mother's Day to moms everywhere. And we hope you have a great weekend towards that. Um, another thing we'd just like to note.
2: Calling all musicians and local artists. Send us an original song so we can feature it on the podcast. We'd love to hear it.
0: Send it along to our email address, eanews at... EastAuroraNY.com. That again is E A N E W S at EastAuroraNY.com.
2: We've
1: got so many great musicians around here, so hopefully we'll get a lot of interest in this.
0: What's on your mind, people of the community? We want to hear it.
1: Give us a call at 716 324 1816. It'll go right to voicemail, so leave any comment you want.
0: Yeah, what are you thinking about? What's on your mind when you're walking around? What do you think of this week's podcast? What do you think of our topics? What do you think of schools consolidating? Is that a good idea? Should it be dropped? What's the best fishing hole? Where can people go?
1: And who do they think is going to win? You, me, Shelly...
0: Oh, yes, the East Aurora Advertiser Fishing Contest.
1: I think I'm going to win.
0: You do have the license. So yeah, call up that number again. It's 716-324-1816. If you want to talk about the Avengers movie, I need to talk to somebody about that.
2: Please help
1: us out. There's got to be a 12-year-old help somewhere that will talk to you.
0: A cool movie.
1: In the meantime, do good.
2: Be well.
0: Bye.